there are a lot of ways that we gather motivation with what's been going on during quarantine it's been harder to to gather that sense of motivation to get yourself to work now a lot of people you see a lot of posts on instagram that they're saying like oh you should learn three skills by the end of the quarantine or (laughs) oh man you should have six pack you should have a six pack and massive buy by the end of this quarantine i think that's like a tactic or maybe it's not um intended this way but to me i've read those as being tactics of controlling how people use their quarantine. So just giving people like a quarantine starter pack, which is like kind of like handing the baby the iPhone or the iPad at dinner. You know, like I will, I'm going to present the opposite theory or the opposite mm -hmm. uh, view. Uh, So Mm -hmm. let's say you've been busting your ass your whole life. For most of your adult life, you have been living in a way that can be described as productive. The quarantine hits, right? Let's say you lose your home. You lose your job. God forbid you lose a family member. And a lot of people are going through that right now. And they read that post. And they start feeling guilty about it. They start feeling shitty. Like, whoa, maybe I should be doing these things. Maybe I shouldn't let the death of my mother or father impact me. Maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. let the fact that I lost my home impact me or the fact that I was forced to relocate to a different country because of what happened to me. Mm. Right now, should that person be feeling guilty for that? I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely not. I don't think. Yeah, so I don't think we're uh, saying the opposites. I I think. Mm, um... Well, because you were saying like, oh, you know. Uh, that's just a tactic to get people motivated. And I'm saying, you know, for people who maybe... No, not that it's a tactic to get people motivated. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, I guess I'm referring or imagining a very specific ad I saw on Instagram mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know what? It's because I'm going through a real stage where what's most present for me is allowing myself to pull from within and um, allow myself to create my own experience instead of all these like prepackaged kind of meals like how to do life type of things and I think during quarantine like to get off Instagram and to maybe not learn a new skill and just totally do whatever the hell has been calling you for a long time if it is new learning a new skill if it is getting a six-pack like that's awesome but to feel right like guilted into doing these things like you better make use of your time during all this that's what i'm just like honey fucking lay down for 36 hours a day that's what i'm saying like uh, like that's what you need no no Uh, so so now that you clarified i you know i i agree with you about 90 (laughs) percent so let Mm -hmm. me explain the 10 percent that the the 90 Mm percent is that yes you know you are entitled to how you want to spend your time if you have lived a life where you're largely being productive um when you read a post like that like for example um i'd like to think that the majority of my life i have spent in the books and in a manner that promotes my self-knowledge and um being the best version of myself and then when this Mm -hmm. quarantine hit so I've lived my life in a way that I will go out of my way to produce, right? Like a lot of people, uh, I guess I'll call them nine to fivers. So we have these nine to fivers who come home and then they will use that nine to five schedule as a justification to do nothing the rest of the day. So they'll just be mm-hmm. like, damn, I just came back from work. But bro, 
I worked so hard. I'm just mm-hmm. going to get on my Xbox and play video games, right? Instead of like, you know, I really just want to be uh, a, a glass maker. You know, let's say your passion, you, you, you just really want to create glasses. You know, you just have this fascination, but instead you're justifying the lack of following that by saying, hey, man, I, I had my nine to five. I'm feeling pretty tired. I'm going to go play video games. No, 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 buddy. Your reward for the nine to five is your financial independence. Your reward for a nine to five is the fact that you can eat, that you can pay your bills, that you have a house that you, the house or apartment that you come back to. That is the reward for a nine to five. Well, I think what you like point to is an even like grander topic of, um, and question of what it is that makes us humans value productivity so much yes yes there there's a lot of elements there's so many elements to motivation that allow you to be motivated like there there's literally motivational psychology is a thing you know that they've studied how motivation actually impacts uh whether or not you will act on those motivations now you know this person wants to be a glass maker you know, but he's using the nine to five excuse. And trust me, I was there. I, I, cause I, I, I spent the better half of a year with the same exact excuse, you know, and I would go home and because writing is my passion, I would actually take the time to say, Hey, I actually care about this. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to go sit down and write that, you know, I'm actually going to uh, go I sit down and that, do this. Like, I think that, um, like what I'm hearing from you is just perhaps like um, like a self kind of um, uh, dissonance. Like you you felt like you weren't fully aligning with who you wanted to be at the time. Uh, is that okay? So it, yes, yes, uh, it, it it is kind of leading into that. Um, the mm-hmm. the reason I'm referring to uh, the nine of fivers is because. I think we use the, the, like, the way we justify our actions has really been negatively impacting how productive we really are as a society. Um, mm-hmm. And the nine to five thing mm-hmm. was just an example of how we trick ourselves into thinking that we're productive. And then when we go to sleep and I were wondering, well, why the fuck am I so unhappy? Mm-hmm. And I, I, can, mm-hmm. I, I can tell myself that I was unhappy, you know, as a therapist, because I was doing the same thing. I would get home from work. Um, and then I would use that time for quote unquote self-care, like playing video games and doing things that make me feel good when the real self-care yeah. would actually be what would quell my, my anxiety and quell my worries as opposed to finding mm. this escape in video games, you know? I think like the thing is there's a fine line with all of these things and life is so interchangeable you know like sometimes it is the video game that's gonna make you feel better Mm -hmm. and sometimes it 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 does serve that purpose and i think where it goes Mm. you know so i want to challenge you there i'm gonna challenge you there so uh we often equate happiness and pleasure uh, and i think that's very dangerous the video games may Mm -hmm. offer me a sense of pleasure that will maybe temporarily erase and reduce uh, my sense of anxiety and my unhappiness. But my unhappiness is largely a product of knowing that I have this passion, knowing that there are things that I want to do, but I'm justifying 
the inactivity of doing those things with uh, playing video games and, oh, I work so hard with my nine to five. So do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on instead of actually going to the doctor and, and getting a full treatment and and getting the right medicine to fix a problem. You're kind of like just putting a Band-Aid on the problem um, and not really closing the wound. Right. So, so, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do that in so many so many ways, we do. food we do. and addictions and just different ways to distract. I mean, most obviously would be the use of social media and being on there for yeah. hours. Yeah. So I totally like resonate with what you're saying. And I guess what's coming up for me is the fact that we, I think in ways have been, um, we've been made to think about pleasure as something we are unworthy of. And I think mm, at every step, yeah, that's what's coming up for me. It's like, I guess what I'm hearing from you, and it's it's really just obviously you're a, a reflection of me because mm. we we truly are people who just reflect one another. But sure. it's it's that inability to allow yourself the things that give you pleasure because we've been taught, it's been ingrained in us for so long, like, hey, like you have to work for it. Um but going into the video game thing, I totally know what you mean, where it's like you're just putting a Band-Aid over it. And what it truly yeah. is, is like you want to do the things that you really have been called to do, but you keep kind of like pushing them aside to the easier thing. Like what's what could be easier right now? For yeah, you to do? exactly. Um, exactly. We always we often cater to doing what's easier as opposed to doing what will actually solve the problem because most of the mm -hmm. time what solves the problem is often the more difficult choice now in terms of this glass maker guy you know i kind of want to mm -hmm. rein it back to to the example of the guy who, who knows what he wants to do but he's using the nine to five um to justify that he was productive and this happens on a daily basis this happens Every single day, um, I see it. I see it in my own family where I have uh, relatives coming back from work, and they they know what they want to do. Um, so, for example, uh, I'm going to use me as an as an example because I I think it's much easier to use myself as a form as a foundation for criticism than someone else, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I would I would come back from from work and. Don't get me wrong. To all the therapists are actually like listening. That job is so emotionally taxing. Of course, depending on what population you're working with, mm. that uh, there are times where self care is really just getting that band aid. You know, because you feel like you're gonna lose your freaking mind. You know, you know that yeah. you have to go into work uh, a few hours, like maybe six, eight hours from now. You just got back home from the gym. And you're just like, holy crap, I'm dry. I'm going insane. So, yes, it, right. there, there definitely is a time and place for pleasure. But what happens, and this is what happened to me, is that it becomes a vicious cycle of justifying um, getting rid of your sadness and anxiety with immediate pleasure, as opposed to, again, looking to the root of the issue and saying, you know, I... I like what I do, but I'm not really taking any time to actually engage in 
in writing or glass making, you know, uh, which I know brings me such a sense of purpose and such a sense of happiness that it will far outweigh the benefits of contributing to this vicious cycle of seeking pleasure uh, just to get rid of your anxiety and your sadness. So instead of facing that sadness and being miserable, because that, that's, that's usually how you break the cycle. You have to be a little miserable at first, you know, and a lot of people don't like hearing that. You, if you're in any sort of behavioral cycle, you are going to have to be miserable at first. You know, you are going to have to um, say, you know what, instead of hopping on the Xbox, hopping on the PS4 after my nine to five, you know, yes, I'm exhausted. Yes, I'm tired. And yes, I will suffer more by, you know, starting to do my glass making. But what that will begin is a process of using what you really want to do as a form of happiness mm-hmm. and not these kind of temporary band-aids that just rip open and then your flesh, you know, the wound is wide open, waiting for bacteria and infections to come back in. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that, that this also kind of ties uh, back into the motivation during quarantine and why some people I'm going to say that's why I said I I 90% agree with what you're saying I do think that there is a percentage of people who are just taking advantage the free of the free time to do nothing um and and to to those people who you know haven't gone through a, a major life change because of the quarantine who essentially have everything still the same um but except with more free time. Now, if you know that uh, you have that time, utilize it, you know, utilize it to, to, to create something and to be the best that you can be. Of course, um, you have this, this, this uh, option. You always have this question. Am I going to face the discomfort of trying something new mm. for maximum benefit or Am I going to just use my time frivolously, which will bring me a ton of pleasure, but it will not bring me happiness? Um, Mm. You know, this comes down to any sort of creation, any sort of thing that you uh, where you find yourself with free time and you want to produce something. That is always the first step. Am I going to make myself a little uncomfortable for the greater benefit or I'm just going to go for pleasure, you know? So, So what do you think? The discomfort itself is also just an illusion. Like, it's also just smoke and mirrors, you know? Honestly, thank you so much for saying that. (laughs) Like, you think about the paper. Like, for example, you think about writing a paper, and it literally feels like you're climbing the Great Wall. You're like, there's no way in hell that this is going to be enjoyable. But then you're actually writing it. That's the last. loving it. Yeah, that's the last thing you're thinking about. You're not thinking about pain or sadness. You're thinking about, oh, geez, man, I got to cite this paragraph holy shit right it's an amazing testament to the ways that other things show up in our lives in that same scary you know mask and it, it, it could be anything it could be anything that takes on that form of it's terrifying until you look it in the face and you're like this is not bad i just had a conversation with one of my best friends yeah um the other day and she was like i just want to paint like i just want to paint like we got into the same conversation like what are we doing like during our free time that is not having us feel fulfilled not having us feel 
like our truest intentions are being mm-hmm. expressed and she was like I just want to fucking paint and I just want to <laughs> use my clay that's been downstairs wrapped up in plastic Huge. for the last yeah. fucking week and I just want to touch it and I was like girl you fucking go home and you put your finger in that clay I don't care if that's all, in all there. you do get in there just <laughs> even if you walk away like after you get in there just put one finger and then the whole scary monster just poofs yeah so yeah I am so that's that's what I'm really feeling right now and I and another thing that comes up is that we're really just all trying our best to self-soothe like any amazing, possible amazing. way we can exactly like, and that's dangerous like it's getting a little dangerous i think we're being a little too gentle on ourselves that's so funny because i'm thinking the opposite I'm you're like, thinking the- <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like you we really like we are really just trying to all make ourselves feel better now mm-hmm. why why would we be all in this game of trying to make ourselves yeah, feel yeah. better why so i have right? an, i have so an that... answer to that if if you actually like uh want to hear it i do have an answer to that okay well i'm gonna give you mine and then Boom. we can compare do it my answer is because the circumstances we have created as a unit as a society mm, as a community okay have have called for us anything that is created has been called for any any circumstances any situation any event has been called upon that's what i believe so if all of us are out here trying to self-soothe i think it is not because we pulled it out of our asses i think that we've come to create conditions for ourselves that have become unfavorable and Mm -hmm. i think we're now all trying our very best to self-soothe and you see that in the weight gain in America, you yeah, see that yeah. in the poor behaviors and eating habits, and people get shunned for this behavior, mm-hmm. and people get shunned for, you know, not taking care of themselves, but I I really feel and believe that we're all just fucking tugging at whatever we possibly can to make ourselves feel better, and I don't think we've been given, given very clear instructions yeah. or help on how to effectively utilize things tools to feel better Mm. so so i guess my response that would be um at a time like this under these circumstances i couldn't agree more right now if you're feeling like shit if you're feeling down you know because you lost a relative or or just because you're feeling all the negative energy of of the universe you know like you were you can feel people dying around you you know on a daily basis people are dying right now people are dying right now and If that, is, if that is becoming an obstacle for you, no one can, can tell you, no, that's not an obstacle, you know, and, and no one can tell you, no, that's not a justifiable obstacle. You know, I, I, I 100% agree, you know, that at a time like this, you know, where even suicidal ideation can come up, like, let me tell you, I'm being honest with yeah. you, you know, there were like maybe a week or two ago where I was experiencing suicidal ideation because I just w- felt so much death going on and you know then then we're hearing about you know this friend died this friend died uh Mm. there's the second wave of coronavirus hitting this country uh relations between country to country are are becoming terrible uh yeah if you have to self-soothe you know just to get through the day then that's all you have to do the most important thing is staying 
alive and getting through this, you know, like I a hundred percent agree with you now. And and it's like, not, um, I think there probably is a, um, overlapping and then an also misalignment of our, probably of our definitions and connotations of self-soothing. Yeah. So that's where I was going to arrive at. Um, yeah. Like I come from a place where my life experience, I am now realizing how much I need to be easier on myself and how much I need to self-soothe because I deserve it. And it doesn't mean like shoving my face, you know, with Oreos, like a whole stack of Oreos. It just means like, you know, putting myself first. So this was, this was the like. danger that that um, I, I was kind of addressing before. How do we determine whether we deserve something or not? You know, because I, you said I, you said because you said like, oh, I deserve because I deserve it. You know, and I, I, you know, maybe you can answer it more mm-hmm. for for yourself from your own perspective. Uh, if it gets too personal and you don't want to share that, then obviously I'm not going to ask you to do that. But right. yeah, how how do you determine whether you deserve something? That could be like a general question, like how do people, or you can take it yeah. as like you specifically, like how do you figure yeah. out whether you deserve something? Well, yeah, I couldn't be true in my answer without mentioning a book that has been the most influential in my life, yeah. which is called Conversations with God um, okay. by Neil Donald Walsh. And in that in that work, whether it be written by him or written by God, who he claims to have written through him in this book, yeah, um, whichever it is, whether it be produced by the man or or the son of God or produced by God himself, mm-hmm. um, and of course, I'm just using um, gender pronouns here for the sake of you know, yeah, um, yeah, convenience sake. Yeah, but, we're referring to kind of like the roman catholic god like you know the dude jesus yeah 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 so yeah we 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 have that that uh, foundation established so right um but in in that book i was offered the the truth that i've now adopted as my own is that Mm. most if not all of the strife and suffering that goes on in this on this planet as of right now and has been Mm. is just due to the misconception that um our God is a judging, vengeful God who can either deem us worthy or um, non-worthy. And Interesting. So, yes. so God is the judger. And, and, but so God in this book says, like, there is nothing you could do. There is nothing you could do to upset me. So you are worthy of all that you wish to experience. Um, and the, the whole point of the of life god says which is amazing to have access to this in a book i mean it's ridiculous yeah. like to to be told like the point of life but the point of life as explained in this book is to experience who you really are and to remember who you really are and whatever it is you want to be it is perfectly fine that way and i think that's a really hard truth to swallow for all of us who have been fed the idea time and time again that you can do this either the right way or the wrong way and that people want clear guidelines on how to be. And if, if God isn't dishing those out, then that makes it, you know, our responsibility to figure it out, which can be difficult and, okay. and a task and a responsibility people don't want to take on. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so if I'm hearing this correctly, I just want to make sure that I understand uh, your perspective. Um, how you determine uh, whether you deserve, um, you know, your free time or, or to deserve to uh, enter into states of pleasure. Mm. Uh, you determine that from... Uh, mm. Can I help you out? Because I actually well, think well, I just... Well, hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> if, if I can't, like, summarize it, then that means... That, you don't understand. Yeah, then right? I don't understand. Yeah, so let me let me actually try. So, um, yeah, so you, de- you determine whether or not you deserve something based on um, the understanding that God is not judging you, that you are the judger of your own actions. Yeah. And that, you know, because you are the judger of your own actions. You are also um, responsible for whether or not you feel good or bad about said action. Right. It's not the question of, do I deserve this? It's the question of, does this serve me? Okay, so I'm going to say that um, that can be incredibly dangerous. And I think a lot of people... Um, are falling victim to that kind of mentality in an effort to justify laziness. Now, I'm not saying that you're one of those people, but Mm -hmm. think about it like this, like, um, well, I think you, you appear to have a, um, soft spot, um, from what I like so far gathered just in this conversation, you yeah. have a soft spot for laziness and, uh, and it sounds would... like something, <laughs> so, it sounds like so, something that you've, you know, been going through and it, it, yeah, it strikes a chord with you. Yeah. Well, what's, what strikes a chord with me is that like people are using uh, kind of fundamentally flawed logic to justify their laziness. And that's why I asked mm-hmm. you, how do you determine whether or not you deserve it? Um, because a lot of people determine that they deserve something all the time when they really don't, you know. Mm. But for example, now, let's say, let's who say, would be the, who would be the judge of that? You know, in in that case, it's you judging their mm-hmm. worthiness of it. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to kind of fl- flesh this idea out, out a little bit mm. more. So you you are the judger of. Um, of, you know, let's say your happiness or your unhappiness. Um, a lot of the time, people can't even figure out for themselves what makes them happy. So to make yourself um, the, the responsible for determining how often you get into a state of pleasure, unfortunately, most people are going to constantly put themselves into that state of pleasure based on their own standards. And then what's going to happen is that they're going to fall into a vicious cycle of constantly going for that pleasure because they deserve it because Mm. they, they made that decision. But what Mm. informs that decision is your behavior and how you interpret that behavior to, um, to help you make the decision of whether or not you deserve it. So I'll give you a very simple example. Let's say I just had an incredible workout. Like I worked out for an hour straight. I'm sweating. I mean, I'm slipping over my own sweat, you know, and then it comes to, it, 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 it comes to mealtime. So I'm eating. So I'm thinking about what to eat because I busted my ass. I feel justified in saying, 
in determining that right now I can eat a big pizza because I, I worked for it, right? Because I, right. I went through a, a, a fair enough of physical exercise that even though pizza isn't healthy for me and will probably combat a percentage of the work I just put in, I can make that decision because I produced, right? That's the important part because I produced something positive. I think that if you're telling yourself that you deserve something without producing anything positive, that's when you end up in a cesspool of mentally finding ways to justify your inability to produce. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it does. I it, see that. Yeah, like if you're not producing and you're self-soothing constantly, then you're going to trick yourself into thinking you're worthy without even having proven it. You know what I mean? I think that you have to. I do know what you mean. And everything you said, like, completely resonates. Mm, um, mm. In in response to it, like, what comes up is... Sure. Is I is the the difference between, I think, yeah, once again, like, I, I think that you have to be in a place of self-soothing to get where you want. And self-soothing just meaning getting in a place that feels good. I think... But, feels good and not just not just physical sensation wise okay, not just okay, like, yeah 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 just like feeling um you know uplifted um getting there i think then you can start working towards what it is you want and i think that when we eat that pizza yeah we we truly know deep down that we we all have like we we were talking about before that moral guidelines inside of ourselves built in and we know whether the pizza we're eating it out of like like cheating ourselves Mm -hmm. and truly what we know yeah um or versus like i actually want this today like i actually do like deserve this today like in my mind like you could say anything but like I truly feel right in this decision. For sure. And I think yeah. that's where it gets so tricky, right? Because we all have a, a different moral compass built in. So. Yeah. And I think a lot like that can be fixed by answering that question yourself, like tackling your own mentality. A lot of people, for example, like I have a friend, I love this kid to death, man. I will jump in front of a bus for this kid. But anytime <laughs> we talk about the future, you know, and then it'll just be like, oh, well, there's so many, so many uh, factors that go into into the future. And that'll kind of be the end of the conversation. So instead of actually trying okay. to sit there and going through this, the discomfort of figuring out your finances, of figuring out whether or not you can, you know, enroll to this and this and this to get closer to your dream. Um, you're shooting yourself in the foot because this guy, like he's unhappy and he doesn't know why but then when i tell him to think about the future he gets uncomfortable and then instead does something that offers him pleasure because of that same mentality right of tricking yourself into thinking hey no one determines whether i feel bad or good only i do that so you know what i'm gonna feel good right now because i am making this judgment for myself now is that the best judgment Is that the judgment that's actually going to get you to a state of happiness? Absolutely not. And I think that's where the danger of um, using yourself to determine um, whether or not you can gain access to pleasure without at least uh, refining that system within yourself. And that requires 
facing shit head on. Excuse my French, but like, <laughs> for example, being able to face things head on. I think that those kinds of uh, um, tactics of personal growth that once you get to to a certain level where you can call yourself out on your own BS, I think if you can start doing that, then mm. I think you can start monitoring uh, whether or not you deserve something much better, mm. you know? Um, so, mm. for example, this kid, right? Like, uh, I'll talk to him about the future and it's like, yeah, man, I know it's uncertain. But that and and the future is always going to be uncertain because all we have is now. But that does not mean that you can that you can't plan ahead of time and behave in such a way that the probability of you getting to that future is pretty high, you know, depending on what your goals are for that future. Um, but instead, we're not going to flesh it out. We're going to let the anxiety and the discomfort cloud the judgment and allowing my judgment to go instead have a drink and think about what I'm going to do tomorrow as opposed to what my future is going to look like. That's incredibly mm -hmm. dangerous. And that's, I think that's what's allowing so many people to fall through the cracks and they're not even realizing it themselves. Like we are in an era where um, we get rewards just for being part of the race instead of winning the race. And I think that mm. that really um, creates a lot of falsified confidence in people. And then it kind of spirals out of control where you have this sense of confidence without having proven it to yourself. And if you get called out on it, you don't mm. have any of your own evidence to, mm. to prove it wrong because you haven't been acting on those, uh, those beliefs that, you, that, that give you that confidence. Does that make sense? So what you, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Like uh, I've been, I've been explaining this uh, to a few people, especially the people who are just like, oh, well, you should be learning three new skills. You should be doing this. And I just think it's so, it's so moronic. It's so moronic because what if I decided to just focus on one skill? Why do I have to focus mm -hmm. on three skills? Let's say I wanted to get really good at one skill and that skill uh, will benefit me for the rest of my life. Well, according mm -hmm. to that post, I had to be doing three, right? So then I should <laughs> be feeling guilty, right? No, that's complete bullcrap. If I've been busting my ass my entire life and I lost my job, I lost a relative, I lost my home because of this, do I feel like I should be the most productive right now? Absolutely not, because I have the experiences of my of my life previously informing me of how productive I am and how capable I truly am. And at that point, I can make the decision that I don't want to be productive right now. I, and I can justifiably make that decision because I've already proven to myself the level of productivity that I'm capable of. And if I feel very capable and already proficient in the skills that I've developed and I don't feel like developing them a little bit further to take advantage of this free time, I have every right to do that. Now, if you have not been working on your skills at all, not even in the least bit, and you're tricking yourself into saying, yeah, I'm not going to do that because you got to take advantage of the time, right? Well, mm -hmm. that's a different story, right? There are people who are kind of using this time to scapegoat, to say, well, it's quarantine, so and, and the world isn't spinning and nothing's going on. So you know what? I'm going to do nothing too. Um, so to, to people who are using it in that way, I don't think they're self-aware enough to really acknowledge that. But 
if they mm-hmm. are, you know, you you can do that if you want. You know, nobody's forcing you um, to be productive. If you want to be lazy, you know, just like you said, you are the judgment of your own character. If you you can do whatever you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. But when shit hits the fan and you don't know why you're happy and you don't know and you don't know what your future is going to look like um, and you're in this vicious state of constant pleasures and you're wondering at night why you're not happy. Um, it's probably because of that, because you're doing literally just that anything you want to do now. That is OK. I think if, it would be sure. I think it's um, more like they're actually not doing what they want to do i I would argue that it's really the opposite it's like Mm. we're we're being you know um habilitated and not doing what we want to do like you said want to do the glass blowing want to do it so bad but what's getting in between you and that action and i think in everything i think yourself i think yourself at the end of the day is really what's stopping you now you 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 bring up some amazing points right because society has conditioned us in a way where if you're not aware of how we have been conditioned, you're not even going to think about any of these things. So you actually brought up a fantastic point. There are some people who are so lost in kind of like the sheep in the crowd that they don't mm. even know what's going on. So in their mind, using that nine to five to justify their actions is completely justified. Like that makes a hundred percent sense because of the way society has allowed us to operate in that regard. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. There are certain things that are generally harder to do because of social media and other things that give us this, this idea of, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Well, to be clear, it's like just to reinstate like where I'm coming from. Yeah. It's, it's not of a place of um, taking on the persona of, of victims. Mm. You know, I don't see us as being victims. It's really quite the opposite. It's just um, addressing and and honoring um, all the things and dimensions and aspects that have created these this climate and this atmosphere for us and um, understanding and approaching them with love and compassion. And then um, through that knowing and that loving and, and that p- coming from a place of understanding of how we got where we got and taking yeah. full responsibility for being where we are. There you go. Right? That, that responsibility, that accountability of I'm not just a victim to these circumstances. Yeah. This yeah. society, you know, mm-hmm. everybody uses that famous word. Big society time. is did this. You <laughs> Society's know? Like, the worst, bro. <laughs> right. Like this society, it's like, yeah, that's that's become a a synonym for um i didn't do this yeah and 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 it's so powerful and it's and it's fun and it's like amazing to step into the um the fact that we created this together and we manifested all this together and you point to amazing um ideas about like what you're really just what i'm hearing at least is just like we we all just like want to experience ourselves more fully and there's just been a lot of distractions and if we can identify those distractors um it'll be even more easy to kind of just say hey this is that thing yes and and, thing and and i see myself slipping just to add to that point you know we have to be responsible for ourselves um especially because you know we have been there's been a serious danger that we've been tricking ourselves into being too kind to ourselves 
you know, where we're not like we want to fully experience ourselves. Like, I love how you said it that way, because I think at the end of the day, when you do lay down, at, you know, and you're staring at your ceiling or you're staring at your wall, we all of us know we know what's bothering us. We yes. know what we want to do with our lives. You know, yes. there are some factors that prevent us from doing that. I definitely agree with you. Um, and I think a big part of that is not taking responsibility for ourselves. Um, I think that if we mm. did take responsibility, you know, if we just knew that we are the problem, ourselves are the problem, we're stopping ourselves. Now, I would say we are the solution. Uh, well, semantics, right? Because like <laughs> we, we are the problem. Um that comes from inside of us right uh depend right. depending on the situation right because i don't want to discount people who are like legitimately really trying to push to be their best um but because of some very legitimate scientific circumstance they're they're unable to you know i i, I really do want to um promote the idea that like you know you, of course you should be responsible for yourselves um but there are some things that you, you uh, that really are out of your hands. Uh, so to those people, you know, I don't I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you. Uh, but to to other folks who, um, you know, again are using this time uh, to self soothe in a way where, you, you know, let's say you haven't, uh, nothing has really changed. Like I know I know a ton of kids who the only difference is that they're not going to school, right? Um, and using this quarantine time to justify laziness. Uh, so I'd like to change, I think, um, I'd like to change self-soothing mm -hmm. from like, it's what we're referring to is really, um, self-justification or yeah. um, okay. Okay. indulgence yeah. or, cause I think self to, to, to love and honor oneself, which is what I really mean by self-soothing and do things for yourself that get you in that place of presence to your own power. That's what I imagine with self-soothing. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So, so uh, well, I'll use that definition. So self-soothing, right, is means like, uh, according to your definition is like, you know, doing things that really, really uh, promote like you're the best version of oneself. It would be like picking up the paintbrush and doing the, the yeah. um, craft that you have been neglecting. Because when you neglect yourself, that's when you don't partake in the things. Exactly. That, you know, you yes. Yes. So, so I guess I'll I, I will kind of conclude my point by saying that um, there is a danger that people are taking self soothe soothing um, in a very uh, pleasure faculty manner so what that means mm -hmm. is they are taking self-soothing as go for pleasure not for happiness mm -hmm. whereas for self-soothing in the way that we're describing it is do those mm -hmm. things that make you uncomfortable so that you can be happy pick up that paintbrush even if it feels uncomfortable so that you can be happy mm -hmm. that would be self-care and self-soothing actually mm -hmm. facing the discomfort head-on so that you can enter that state of flow and find that love, find that happiness, find that inner mm -hmm. passion that that we've all been kind of stifling in an effort to, quote unquote, feel better. Um, mm -hmm. So, yes, 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 Aunt Teresa. 
you you hit <laughs> you hit the mark. We are in agreement. I think that self-soothing is important, but I think there is the <laughs> danger of using it uh, in an irresponsible way. Um, and I think that if we use it responsibly to seek happiness and not pleasure, then I think we'll we'll be in a much better place. I think all of us could be. Mm-hmm. So would you would you largely agree wow. with that? <laughs> wow. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so beautiful to hear. Like I just got such a not even an appetizer, a full Yeah, we got meal. a full course. We got a full lot of meatballs course. in the mouth right now. Their meatballs oh are slipping God. everywhere. They're on the floor. Jesus H. I mean Dude. <laughs> high cholesterol has become in full oh, effect. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Diabetes from this pasta. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Big time, big time. There's a lot of <laughs> sauce in this pasta. Um, but it's really cool that we were able to get into the nitty gritty, like, you know, having, being, being able to have this discussion, I think is like what's important. And I think what needs to happen for a lot of people to kind of realize whether or not they have been kind of playing themselves, you know, and, and I say this because as an artist, there have been so many times where I'm just like, well, I feel like shit, I'm not going to write today. And, you know, and I'm just like, dude. Dude, you think writing gives a shit about how you feel? You know, the paper only cares about whether or not you put the pen or you put the ink there. That's all the paper cares about. The paper doesn't care about, like, your levels of productivity does not care about how you feel, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and there have been so many times where I'm just like, well, I I just, I want to eat. I just want some ice cream today. I I don't really want to write or anything. Well, I want to like honor. I want to honor those those emotions, those those feelings, which are very real, as you mentioned before. That, oh, like, some big people time! Yeah, them, they're so real. Yeah, and like I if something bad happened, for sure, them. you know, eat that ice cream. But for me, like from personal no, experience, I know even... that it's like nothing major is contributing to that sadness. For example, for one day. And I know what's bothering me, but then I'll still trick myself into being like, I'm just going to listen to my emotion and not the discipline and not Mm. like the reality that I know this will make me happy if I actually Mm. write. This will take away all Mm. of what I'm going through right now. But, you know, I'm going to I'm just going to I'm just going to eat some ice cream. But it's uh, really neglecting yeah. yourself. It, yes. it really is yes. an act of neglecting your your greatest big time, um, your grandest ideas and grandest thoughts and experience. So yeah, like you, we're selling ourselves short just to listen to our emotions, you know. And and listening to your emotions is incredibly important. Don't get me wrong, you know. I I, I used to be a therapist. I'd like to think that you know I I'm aware of the importance, and I'm sure you are too. I think we all are aware of the importance of emotions, but I think it's also just as important to allow logic and reasoning to guide you when you've been strung along by your emotions too much. Like, for example, how many times did you think that somebody liked you when they didn't? You know, your logic didn't tell you that your emotions did like, oh, it's just a feeling, you know, he's feeling me or I'm feeling (laughs) her, you know, and then you talk to them and you're just like, whoa, bro, you're kind of weird, man. And you're like, ah, oh, God, my feelings. Oh, you know, your feelings led you straight. Your feelings Uh... led you straight and they do it all the time. And I think people are forgetting that, you know, I think that we were at a time where we had this healthy balance between reasoning, logic and emotion. Because, Mm. you know, life is not only emotional, 
you know, it's logical, it's spiritual, you know, all of these aspects. It plays into that three-part being. Yeah. Body and soul. Exactly. None of them can be, be, um, you know, dismissed. It's really just an acceptance and a, a, once again, an honoring of all those pieces. And a balancement, right? Yeah. Yes. It's it's actually, I was going to say it's a balancing act, but I would actually really like to re- frame it and sure. say that it's truly effortless and it's the disruption and interruption of the effortlessness um, and thinking that it must be so tightly controlled and so closely manipulated by us that I think gets in the way of the flow and I think you you can see that really well displayed by that was know, very well said yeah yeah thank you that was that, yeah. that was that's a, that's also another incredible point you know how you work you know, if you have a very specific way of doing things and you have to go through step one, two, three to get to step five, nah, mm-hmm. man, just pick up that paintbrush, get through mm-hmm. it. You know, yes, you're super right. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. our own ways of functioning gets in the way of, you know, creating and producing like mm-hmm. our preferences for how to work, get it, definitely get in the way of getting it out, mm-hmm. you know, so right, like, damn, girl, that was my... well said, well said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, just breaking down the amount of um, precautionary, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the amount of obstacles you put in between you and yes. and doing what you want and, and just seeing those obstacles for what they really are, which are just merely illusions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fascinating that, um, you know, despite having uh, some minor differences in, in in terms of this topic some uh minor disagreements we're, we're still able to get to a place where oh yeah you know we can kind of acknowledge uh certain areas that that need to be worked on whether or not um uh, we we're coming from the same or different perspective mm-hmm. we can we can adequately say okay maybe you feel differently about this. Maybe you have a different opinion about this, but but we can say for a fact that there is something there, and that and that we need to work on this particular area. You know, like that's so this cool. Needs some love, and it is really cool. And it, it's also, I really think, largely any um, disagreements that were had amongst the discussion is purely just from a. Um, lack of communication yeah 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 limitation it's really just a limitation to fully express exactly what is being understood by the soul yeah i think at any point like i totally always know what you mean and and i think in discussion you know you get attached to having your side um at least i certainly do Mm. i get attached to having my side fully understood and i and i think that that's something we all go through when having a conversation about beliefs that's and that's the important part is just like like we all want to get our message across um and of course that's important i think it's equally more important that in order to arrive at the point where both of our our debates our points are fully fleshed out is the manner in which you debate you know not letting your ego get to you because there's so many people who get like too emotional and then they Mm. allow their emotions to dictate what the conversation is about Mm. you know like like literally i want to say 40 minutes ago like earlier in the podcast uh i actually called myself out you know because there, there was a logical inconsistency now, if we were able to just let go of our egos mm-hmm. and just talk about it 
in a respectful manner and respecting each other's opinions, then you arrive at the point that we've arrived at of being able to feel good. Like, yo, yes, I may have disagreed, but we both got our points out and we both feel pretty good about it. And we, we, we allow that to happen because of the way in which we tackled our points, you know, not allowing emotion or ego to drown out uh, what exactly it is that we're trying to talk about. Yeah, and hey, I think you just touched upon like one of the major, um, you know, themes of any discussion, even amongst nations right now, amongst political leaders, amongst everybody in government, amongst just any group um, to group interaction. And we're seeing so much friction is just that that attachment to your belief as if it is you and feeling threatened by anything else. And people are really being afraid to um, express what they think in now in, in fear of um, upsetting or offending someone else. And I mean, like that. Or even hurting themselves. Right. Right. And it's, it really poses like a big threat to our freedom of speech as we've seen. And what is freedom of speech. Oh, my goodness. Freedom of speech has become uh, nigh petrifying recently. It's like scary to uh, voice your opinion. And I think it's ironic because we I think what we've tried to do the past few years is really promote freedom of speech. But what we've done effectively as a society is actually made it more dangerous. We've actually limited our freedom of speech by promoting freedom of speech. But hey, we have the power to completely 180 that bitch yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah exactly by by doing what we're doing right like like think about it from like if politicians or if if other um kind of debating fronts allow this sort of discussion to transpire then i think a lot of things will go out of the way because if you think of of like political debates and political political discussions um a lot of it does end up being emotionally driven when where it eventually just becomes a show where they're just talking shit about each other as opposed to talking about ideas and talking about the truth you know um i think if we all just stepped back and allowed our emotions to inform some of our actions but not all of them i think we'll be in a much uh, much better place across the board like you know trump for example like like when he walks away from from uh from his speeches you know he doesn't does he doesn't do that from a place of logic you know the 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 guy gets emotional there are people calling him out you know he's out here saying you know that was a terrible answer you're a terrible reporter mm. i don't think that really comes from a place of logic that comes from a place of hey you just made me feel weird and i'm gonna make it known mm. Mm. if we did not allow if he did not allow his emotions to dictate his speech and this is, that just doesn't go for him but for for world leaders across the board then i think we can have way more discussions that lead to a place of truth and not to a place of, well, you know, I feel pretty good about this, so we can stop now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, instead of tack- tackling the facts and tackling the truth, let's just argue until we get to a point where we both feel good or, or I just feel really good because I want you to lose and then, and then we'll be on our way, you know? Mm-hmm. That really um, speaks to just, like, the, you know, the um, unity or the lack thereof and... Just that, that inability yeah. to see past the fact that 
we are yeah. one and we are one people and behind exactly. the names labels you know Mm-hmm. Um, it's not yeah like it's not about you it's not about me it's about us it's about, it's about us. the truth like getting to the truth putting your emotions to the side you know don't don't allow anger to dictate what you're gonna say next you know come from a very level-headed position you know like sometimes i personally feel crazy because when i defend an argument especially recently because i've i've i try to stay away from politics you know i'm I'm really not a fan of it but uh lately i would say maybe the past two years i've been uh a lot more involved in these kinds of discussions that seem emotionally charged you know like you know you hear this quote of people saying oh well you know be you know don't talk about politics or religion what was the other one it's like politics religion and I don't know. There was another one. I wish I could help you but, out, brother. But yeah, yeah. But like, you know, I'm sure you've heard this where people are like, you know, we can be friends as long as you don't talk about religion or politics right. because that it becomes so emotionally driven that you can't right. even have a conversation about it. That so you it, could like, lose your friends over it. Yeah. It could end relationships, right? Exactly. So if if we had just start if we start these conversations from a place of, you know what, I'm going to uh, make my decision, my belief system based off of logic and facts. If people attack my belief, then I won't feel a- as personally attacked because what I believe, what I believe is not something that I emotionally created. What I believe is part of a logical system mm. that I can point to. I can point to this and say, hey, look, logic is saying this, logic is saying that, you know, and if the opposing party logically refutes the points that are in my system, I'm not in a position to say, well, shit, you're wrong. I can't say that because you just proved to me uh, through a system of, of logic that my system is not as effective as yours, mm-hmm. you know, but. And instead of accepting that, for example, if I was a world leader of saying, damn, you know what? You actually have a point, you know, I'm going to get emotional instead. And I'm going to say, no, my way is the better way because your way is the shit way. Look at all this, all the things that happen in your country, this and this. How is that going to help anybody? How is that going to help anybody? I th- yeah, I, I think that um, in all of this, it, there's something at stake, you know. Like whenever there's this um, anger or defensiveness and throwing logic out of the window and also throwing the emotion out of the window, it's just people feeling that if you disagree with me, um, you're essentially disagreeing with who I am. And in that yes. way, my, my life is threatened, who I am, my worthiness is threatened. Um, and I think that the thing that could really be a solution to that is everybody being instilled with the truth that they are there's nothing that anybody could do or say to them and their experience that could invalidate it because all that matters is that you know that your experience is is valid and you don't have to feel threatened by anybody having a different experience in fact it's lovely that somebody is having a a unique experience to yours Um, i think if we could all just not feel so threatened by the thing that is not us and really just bless it for being not us because it allows us to know us then everything would really go truly so much smoother when it comes to these um heated discussions or these yeah these um intense topics <laughs>